this is Wesley. This is Kashina. And we would like to welcome you to the Underground Geek Shack. Ooh, buddy. Us using that new title. Oh my gosh, it's just so epic. I'm so happy that this is like our new, I guess, technically our new official opening. Not official opening. In the works. In the works. Yeah. It's like we're starting back from square one, but not really. Yeah. But yeah, our new beginning to the podcast is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. I know, right? <laughs> I know, it's so cool. But yes. Okay. Hey, did you want to know something? What, Leslie? What's it called? Damn. Friday night. I was working late on the case, but it wasn't making any sense. That's when she walked in. Hi! Uh... Is this not the Anime and Manga Club? No, the Anime and Manga Club's two doors down. This is the, this is the detective club. Oh, okay. Bye! And that's when she left. Ex-stage left. <laughs> oh my god, I love that skit. <laughs> oh, alright then. So, not a lot of you might know this unless you've been watching the... Uh... Well, there was the Nintendo Direct though. Was... Yeah, it, if you was watching like the Nintendo Direct things, then you might know a little bit more about this game. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to be talking about Famicom Detective Club, or specifically the re-release that was done on the Switch. Yeah, because Famicom Detective, The Missing Air, was released back in 1988. And Famicom Detective, The Girl Who Stands Behind, was released in 1989. Yeah. And the thing about this, so let me let me tell y'all what's really funny. I thought there was more games to the series mm-hmm. than these two, but I soon learned that the way this game was released, it was released different dates. Like, okay, so The Missing Air was released on multiple discs. Um, two floppy disks. Two, two floppy disks. Mm-hmm and they were released at different dates and when you got all of them it was called like volume one and stuff like yeah. that like it's so interesting to learn how games were released back then mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting but the reason why we're going to be talking about this today is because mia wesley has sort of like a history with games that are similar to famicom detective oh, and yeah. what came from this whole genre to begin with because this was sort of like the start of a different genre yeah, that I find really start. interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. This was the start of the, the point and click adventure games. Yes, and I'm and after we did get done talking about like um, the Famicom Detective Club, I'll tell you the first ever point and click adventure game that I really got into as a kid. Mm-hmm. But before that, let's get back to the Famicom Detective Club. So, when I first heard about this, mm-hmm. I was actually like really excited oh, and. Yeah. I bought the game the second day it came out because I thought, so fun story, I thought they said, oh, it comes out in June. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to save up some money and wait until June comes out. Yeah. No, it came out during May. Yeah. And it came out when I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I literally remember coming home from work, going on to my Switch. And I was like, huh. So I, want, I was like, I was about to play Persona 5 Strikers. Mm. I was like getting ready to sit down, relax, play it. Yeah. And you know how when you turn on your Switch, you get the, the startup screen, but you yeah. also get the three uh, yeah, yeah. news <laughs> on the side. <laughs> on it, it said, Famicom Detective Club released yesterday. It said the date, and I was like, it yeah. released? <laughs> and so I immediately went to the Nintendo eShop and bought it right then and there. No thoughts. There was no second thoughts. There was nothing stopping me. As soon as it said it released, I said, <laughs> See, the way how I learned about it, because like it was still in the middle of me doing my, my summer class. And so, you know, I would be just 
taking notes for my summer class and have like YouTube pulled up on the side. Yeah. So I'd have something to keep me entertained while I'm taking notes. And I hear, Family Cops Detective Club. And I'm like, okay, this is like an interesting game. <laughs> and then they're like, it releases later this month. And I was like, okay, cool. I probably have to wait a little bit. And then I'm just like, yeah, I'm almost done with this class. I'm almost done with this class. And then you told me a little bit about it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then once my class was over, I was like, go straight to the squid. <laughs> Get that point. <laughs> So I just um, haven't played it yet because, like, like I said, I was too busy with, with my, summer, work, my yeah. summer class, and I was like, I really want to play this game, but I couldn't. So I've actually played like the first hour of it. I've but watched I've, people play it, and I've seen reviews about it. Oh, so yeah. I know, I know about it. I know about the plot, kind of. Mm-hmm. Not like what happens, what happens, but the generalized plot of the first game, at least, mm-hmm. which is the Misty Bear. So before that, yeah, I did yeah, I did mention that when the game was first announced in like Nintendo Direct of twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. When it was first announced, I remember being somewhat stoked. Like what was your first thoughts about it when you first heard of it heard of it being announced? When I first heard of it being announced, I was like, What in the world is Detective Famicom? I've never heard of this game before And I, then they were like, Oh, you get to do this whole detective work and I'm a sucker for anime games. I will say that now. Let's <laughs> say if it's like a visual no- novel style game, you're like, oh yeah, I'm down to cloud with that. <laughs> the only exception was Doki Doki Literature Club. But oh well, we all make mistakes, mostly <laughs> me including one of the mistakes. <laughs> I remember watching the direct. Like when the direct first came out, mm-hmm. it was an hour after it was released that I went down and I actually watched it because I I can't just sit and wait for things to happen. If yeah. there's a game that's like they're showing like, oh, it's this game and I'm like I don't care about it I'll skip do it I'm like no yeah. no skip so throughout that Nintendo Direct there was like there's some watching some skipping but for some reason when this thing came out when the announcement was played I remember watching it rewinding it and then watching it again to make sure I saw what I saw because <laughs> I like visual novels as well and yeah. this was a visual novel style game and I was like Oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Let me, I'm gonna, you know, put it on my save list because it was like it's releasing two games at once. I was like, well, I'm guessing I'm putting both on my wish list. See, like, because when they said, oh, it's releasing two games at once, part of me was like, oh, it's probably gonna release the first game and then wait a couple, wait a couple months to release the second like, game. That's how I thought it was gonna be. Nope, did a bundle deal. I wasn't expecting that either. Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, because uh, at first I was like, dang, it's $35 each game. And they're like, nope, there's a bundle deal. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And I remember you were like, yeah, you might go with the bundle. I was like, sold. Take my money. <laughs> so my thoughts on the actual game itself. It's, oh, it looks gorgeous. It's very gorgeous. The, the like, simple animation. Oh, I love it. Um, that. So what I've seen of gameplay from other people, mind you, it's just the no commentary walkthroughs yeah. that I've seen. But the one thing I like is I like the background. Yes. And like, even if you just have two people interacting with each other, like, as the main focus, but then when you look at the background, whether you're in, like, a cafe, or, like, or, like, you're at the school or something, like, if you have, like, a waitress walking past, yeah, onto a different table, or, like, if you're at the school, and you have somebody walking out of the, out of the lockers, and I'm like, yo, that's cool! It, so, you want to know what that style of, like, interaction kind of reminds me of? I don't know if you've, like, paid close attention to Persona 5, mm. um, yeah. backgrounds oh, where yeah, yeah. they'll have like silhouettes of people yeah, yeah. it's almost like that of course, you, of course I would know about this yeah you know, I know remember the first time the first time I was like yo that was Ryuji so that was Ryuji 
walking by. So it reminds me of that when like um, the character is talking to another person in a hallway, mm-hmm. but you'll see like two students walk down the hallway or something like that. Yeah. Nothing really incredible happens, but just the simple the, those simple interactions make the environment feel more alive. And that's something you don't really see all that common in visual novels, especially oh, yeah. the visual novels that I'm more used to and stuff like that, where it's a static background, mm-hmm. and then sometimes... Or sometimes the sprite will jump up and down. Like, the sprite will jump up and down, or if it's a... Well, I'm trying to think of... I know if it's a very important scene, mm-hmm. and it's like a different angle of the same background, yeah. but this time it's the actual character doing something. You know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. I would say, for instance, the the Yuri mm, Yuri yeah. death scene, yeah. where it's the scene still in the classroom, but she's laying on the ground dead mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you're just there for days on end, and I'm yeah. just like, not able to leave. Why can't I leave? Like, Let me get out of here. You're like, what's happening, my dude? Yeah, like those are the visual style, like mm-hmm. visual novel style games that I'm used to. Yeah. So seeing this take a different direction of like making the environment actually alive, that's so cool. Mm. I also like the because I also had to do a little bit more research into this. But the interesting thing that I found out is that the voice actor who voices for our male protagonist, you won't believe this, he actually voiced as Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! See, I've I've never heard the Japanese dub for Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, I've never heard it either! But like, from, but like that's pretty person, cool! Like, what I've seen, like, the, this other guy was like, yeah, that's Yu-Gi from Yu-Gi-Oh! The Japanese dub! I was like, hold up, what? And then, now I gotta listen and then, to it. And then come to find out that the female, the his uh, sister, yeah, is basically because the voice act, the voice actress for her is the same one who voiced as Misty. But the thing is, is that she originally voiced for the same assistant back when the game originally came out. See, so what's funny is when the game originally came out back in 1988, there was no voice acting, but there was... When they, like... They did another re-release prior to this new re-release. And with that older re-release, they actually had voice voice acting acting. in it. And And that's that's, that's that's really cool. And so when the person... Yo, had said that I was like, wait a minute. So you have Yugi and Misty over here solving crimes. <laughs> That's so cool. So actually, I know this is a little bit of a side note. I don't know if you actually know this, but Kingdom Hearts One, the voice for Alice. You know, um, it was actually done by the original voice actor. She reprised her role okay. for um, that voice because I don't know. I don't know how she actually caught hold, caught wind of it. But yeah, she was. When she did Alice originally, mm-hmm. she was in her late teens, she was almost 20, mm-hmm. so she was a very, very young lady. Yeah. She's now like in her 60s, 70s, and when oh. she redid that role, she uh, she was like, yeah, I'll totally do it, and oh. she made it sound almost original. Wow, that's cool! When I learned that, and when, like, I think someone told me about it, and I researched it, and I was like, yo, that is so amazing that she did it for a game that came out in like 2000 it's like 2002 it was like what mm-hmm. that's so cool so yeah when you told me that i was like that's so amazing yeah. <laughs> that's oh that's so cool and i have to say yeah the voice acting for mm-hmm. this game super even in, even though there isn't a english dub for it yeah i still find it that i still find it interesting the fact that it's still a japanese dub for it 
It's interesting that it's, this game is fully voice acted. Mm -hmm. uh, art, yeah. yeah. I think I do believe it is fully voice acted. There's no line that's like not being said. Yeah. And also another thing I really like is just like remember how I told you bleh, remember how I told you there was like simple animations and stuff like that. There's yeah. actual scenes where there's like full blown animation. As well. Oh, that's cool. It's so cool. Like uh, I know it's in the beginning of the girl who stands behind. Mm -hmm. I'll just tell you the beginning of the game because that's what I've learned is the main characters have to be chased by the police and oh yeah because from what I heard is that the from the girl who stands behind is a prequel to, to so basically that's how like our main character got to become a detective yeah. yeah yeah which I can't wait I can't wait to finish I'll tell you the guys the order of the games and why we're playing it like this so the missing heir is the first game that ever came out then mm -hmm. the girl who stands behind is a prequel to that game yeah and I'm playing it in that order as the, the missing heir and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the same way. I'm gonna I'm gonna go go about the same route. But I just really like how with the girl who stands behind is like you just you see this like I saw it on a review where mm -hmm. the dude is actually running and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like a full blown animation. And I'm like, yo, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. It's just everything about this game visually is just mind blowingly nice. Another thing I like about this ooh, game. Ooh, oh wait, the music. The music? the music, the music's pretty simple. Because really like that. you, you have the arrangement, which is more fitting for the new for the new release mm -hmm. of Animal Crossing Sector. Yeah. But then you also have the original version of it, but I guess kind of eight bit. Yeah. Like, it's eight bit. We have that, and then they also have the Super Phantom Detective that released for That's, that system too. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, you got three different versions of the music. It's so cool. It's Yes! Just when they came into this, it's really interesting that they actually, that Nintendo actually decided to re-release this game. It's because like... They had to dig into that vault. Yeah, they deep. had to deep into that vault because this was a game, literally, I'm, from what I know, nobody asked for. Mm -hmm. Like... Because I think the creator of Metroid uh, actually started out with uh, helping out with this game along with I think it was also the creator of A Legend of Zelda, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure. It was okay. somebody else. And what's also really interesting is is that this original game, I think even the re-release of this game, it really didn't hit the states. Mm -hmm. Like a few people here in the states know about it because back when the emulation scene really started hitting off yeah. and people were looking for games to emulate, learn to emulate on a computer. There was also the hacking scene, mm -hmm. not the hacking scene, but we've learned that there are some games that were released in Japan that mm -hmm. never made it to the States. And people were like, well, I wonder what those games are like. Yeah. So they would take it, translate it, do fan translations yeah. of it, and then re-release it here. So I think up till this point, mm -hmm. we only had fan, tr fan translations of this game and no official release of this game. Mm -hmm. So to reintroduce it to the Japanese, the newer Japanese audience, as well as introducing it to the American audience, it's a really nice fit. Because okay. um, as you're soon gonna, as I'm gonna soon uh, tell you, mm -hmm. this game became like the grandfather of a lot of other games that we mm -hmm. know about. Yeah. And I'll mention those here in a little bit. But I want to talk about the gameplay a little bit mm -hmm. real quickly. I like how simple this game is it's literally just dialogue yeah it's it's very oh, with a little bit of looking around here yeah a little bit of looking around here and there it's it has like light point and click elements except um, okay so you know how like in some point and click adventure games 
you're trying to figure out what combination of items you need. Mm, yeah. That's similar to the conversational system in the way that you're trying to figure out, okay, what order of words do I need to say? Mm. Or what do I need to do or say to in order- To get a certain response. To get a certain response or to progress the story. Like there mm. are some points, especially in The Missing Air, mm -hmm. that's why some people are like, the missing air, it's a little bit meh sometimes because yeah. what you're trying to do, well, you know how to progress, but you're trying to figure out how wow. to progress. Yeah. Okay. It's really, it's really interesting. And that's why some people are like, you should play the girl who stands behind first. And I'm like, no, play it in the way that it was intended to because the mechanics actually do change between games from what I heard. Yeah, that's probably true. I feel like that would be a little bit weird if I was to start with the girl who stands behind and then got too familiar with those. With that mechanic and then switching over to yeah the other the one missing air you're yeah, you'd be then, slightly put off from playing it yeah it's just it's so interesting how this game is literally just dialogue i know that's like a lot of visual novels but you can kind of control the dialogue yourself. oh yeah yeah like i like that about it i know with visual novels it's like oh it's branching paths but not it's not branching paths with this it's literally puzzle solving and you just using your head. And there's also, from what I've seen of gameplay, like I stated before, like even like if you have like someone standing in front of you and you look around, sometimes you get a reaction out of them. Yeah. Now I was like, oh, that's actually pretty smart. Cause like with most visual novels, like you really get a reaction out of the person. You get a reaction, but only out of like what you say. Yeah. And I don't know why. The most famous examples of visual novels are, of course, the the romance visual novels. Oh yeah. Stuff like that. So that's <laughs> what I'm thinking of right now, or like the different types of like romance visual novels. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> you gotta say what? Yeah. You said the one, well, the one wrong thing. She ain't liking it. I know, oh, right? God. It's like, oh no, I I said the wrong thing, and now she's mad at me. I miss input. No. I misclicked. No! Rewind, rewind! <laughs> Loading save file. <laughs> Dude, me whenever I play visual novels, I know this is like a side tangent, but me whenever I play visual novels, when I feel, when I get to a choice, mm -hmm. I instantly make a save right there because yep. I don't know why. Yep. If I click the wrong thing and all of a sudden they're mad at me, guess mm -hmm. what? Boink! Going back to that choice. Yep, do like, the same so thing. it's obviously this choice is what I have to choose. Yep, yep I do the same thing. I'm like... Oh, you give me a choice. Let me put a save file real quick. Let me do a quick save there, buddy. Um, let's go choose this one. Why would you say that? Nope, go back, go back. Go back, back this one. I'm so glad we think the same. Yeah, I totally think exactly. the same like you. <laughs> exactly, I didn't just choose your wrong option. <laughs> I am not going to- Alternate timeline. I am yes. not going down the bad route. Please do not make me do this. Then Good after you the finished a good rap, you're like, all right, time to do all the rounds. <laughs> Good on the bad route. She's like, girls, we taking a dance. Oh, oh no. Be the freaking Valentine scene from Persona 5 Royal all over again. <laughs> Take this chocolate before, before I, I crush them. them. Okay, Haru, calm down. <laughs> Put down the axe. Put down the axe, please. <laughs> so yeah, playing this game, I can see how it grandfathered some of these games that I'm finna mention. You know one of them, but let me talk about this one first. because. This is the one that I really grew up on when and when it first came out on the DS. Actually, I didn't get it when it first came out, mm -hmm. but I grew up with it with the DS into the 3DS. The Professor Layton series. Oh yeah, you love that one. Yes, it is my favorite. So this game really did grandfather this in the fact that you're solving a grand mystery. Mm -hmm. 
Like there are, I know there's a lot of puzzles when it comes to the game. That's like that's like the main mechanic is it's a puzzle game. Yeah. And the whole solving a grander mystery is almost like a side thing as well. Your mm -hmm. main focus is the puzzles. But I could see how this influenced this because you oh, yeah. have to talk to people. You have to figure out what all you have to do in order to continue. Usually it's like solve a certain puzzle or mm -hmm. talk to a certain person, go to these places and stuff like that. I could see how this grew up from this. Yeah. And I could see how just solving one particular case could be like kind of going stale if that was all that you were doing throughout the game. Mm -hmm. But going back to this and just seeing how simple it was and how you're literally, you are put into the role of playing as a detective. Like, yeah. That's just so cool to me. Oh yeah. But Not yeah. Not to mention the fact you can name anything you want. Yeah. Okay, so. We had a conversation about this the other guy. So, huge, huge, huge thing with me. I don't know why, specifically with Persona games. When it comes to naming the characters, I do my best to name them the canon names. <laughs> Wesley's looking at me because I did not name my character from this game the canon name that was given to him. He Okay, so the main character of this game does not have an official name. Yeah, I have, it's weird because I had to look his name up on the wiki. Yeah, and what did you, like, what did you say his name was? It was like, it was called, it was like Tara... Uh, Tim. I can see or that. Tim Min. It's weird because it's, it's his last name is T I N T E N. Tainan, a Titan. Yeah. Titan. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And I didn't. I didn't name my character that. <laughs> I didn't look up a main name. Uh, like the. I was just name. curious. The only reason why is because like I was curious because like when I originally watched the Nintendo Direct. <clears throat> oh my gosh! You did? <laughs> I hope so. Oh my god. <laughs> But like when I had watched the Nintendo Direct, one thing that caught my attention was the nameplate, because usually it either says you or it'll say like such and such, such and such. But when I looked at it before it instantly did the transition to another game, it said Tara, T-A-R-A. And, um, and I was like, that's an interesting name. <laughs> and if you play the girl who stands behind after you've played or started The Missing Air, you can choose to put or port over the name that you've given him, or they'll give him his actual name, which is, I think, what it is, what you said was Naro Tintin. Uh, yeah. Tintin. Uh, so there were two instances in my whole gaming career where, given the chance to name the main character, I choose. I chose to not name the main character his official name. What did you instead name these characters? Okay, so the first instance mm -hmm. is the original Persona Five, the mm -hmm. vanilla version that came out. You all can laugh at me. I I totally accept it. You all can make fun of me in the comments. I honestly don't know why I named him this. Mm -hmm. It's literally the first thing that popped into my head. Go <laughs> on. So embarrassed to say it, but. I looked at this character, I looked at cute, a little Akira Kudasu, and I decided not to name him that. Instead, I named him Nixius Lemoo, and that is spelt L-A space M-O-U-S. <laughs> the 
that space is intentional. That space is needed. <laughs> and both the L and the M are capitalized. That is also needed to be known. So you have this Japanese character walking through this Japanese town being given the name Nixius Lemieux, the most non-Japanese name that can ever be given to a character. So I'm going to ask this. So if anyone out there decides to go fanfic about Nixius Lemieux. Oh my god. Yes. Can they do it? Yes. Yeah, they can, they can make all types of fanfics about Nixius Lemieux. I honestly don't know why. I, if, I'm, if I'm given the chance to name a character anything, I'll either go with Nixius Lemieux or switch up. I have an OC that I've been using since like beginning of high school. Yeah. And with their name, if I'm playing like an MMO or something like yeah. that, I'll just change up the name somehow to mm. still be sound somewhat similar to my <laughs> OC's name. It's just so dumb. So we have Nixius Lemieux. Yep. But when I've named this particular character, because mm -hmm. I did not look up a canon name for him, it's dumb. It's... <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not gonna pull off a stupid thing and name him Nixius Lemu. I'm not gonna be walking around being called Lemu Coon. <laughs> so weird. It's just my first playthrough of Persona 5. Yeah, this guy, and then I see his Lemu Coon. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> to be so weird. At least it wasn't voice acting. Oh my god. Just they, think about it. <laughs> they would all, they honestly would be calling him uh, Le Mouse. <laughs> that would be his name. The name I given this character was Ryu Chi. And that's Chi, that's spelled R-Y-U-C-H-I-I. -I. Why'd you add an extra I? Because I wanted to enunciate the Chi. <laughs> so I told myself- I thought you were just gonna put the C-H-I, whereas Chi is usually spelled. You were extra. I said Chi. I don't know why, in all honesty, I told myself, yeah, I'm gonna give him a more Japanese sounding name. Ryuchi, I was. <laughs> this was shortly after I told you. I came off the heels of playing Persona 5 Strikers a little bit. I was dealing mm -hmm. with Ryuji. Yep. So I was like, yeah. So it was like you just took Ryuji and just tweaked <laughs> it. Yeah, it's Ryuchi. Or I think, no, actually, his name might actually be Ryushi. But she? I do remember I have an extra eye at the end. See, she she got me. He said she got me. Sorry, I went into death mode a little bit. No, you're all good. But yeah, no, I did. Yeah, that was the dumb thing that I did was I, I thought of, I was thinking of Ryuji, and I was like Ryushi. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's the story of how I usually name my characters. Either it's something dumb like Nixius Lemieux. See, or... if it's like for me, like if it's like a male character, sometimes if I have no clue what their actual name is, I just name them Wes. You name him Wes. Because uh, I was like, I want him to Because that's what I do. I want him to fit the environment somehow. Sorry, I'm reminded of you Narakini. <laughs> the worst mistake I ever made. Like, the, like okay, so, slight tangent. <laughs> so, Kashina and I went and got Persona Q2. Yeah. And so, we both got to the point where Persona 4, the Persona 4 game meets the Persona 5 game. Yeah. And so, you have the option of naming for Persona 4, yeah. but it doesn't give you enough space to actually put their full name, so I had to take out a couple of letters. Oh my god. You and so instead of, instead of, you know our Kami, it was you know our Kimi. <laughs> you know our Kimi. It's, it's, I don't know why, but that made you laugh so much. Because <laughs> it's just, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kodo Aristo. I said Arisa. He said Aristo. I said he's not Hispanic. Sorry, I don't put the side hand. It's back to the family. Aristo shall live forever. Aristo. I'm sorry. Back to the family club detective. Fama club? <laughs> Fama oh, club? Detective club? Thank you. My brain is not working. <laughs> What's it? another game that this that that came from this? Oh, oh, Ace Attorney. Yep, that's what I was gonna mention next. But seeing as how I'm still in the middle of playing through it, but you've actually seen a playthrough of it, how yeah. about you talk about this one, buddy? It's weird because I have not touched Ace Attorney in oh, like I haven't touched Ace Attorney at all. I've only seen gameplay of it, and I've seen like gameplay of it from Johnny Awesome and then from other people too. Cause I like, I like, I gotta view my options. Yeah, and like, it's weird because now I just go into it just for the lore. Or like, if Johnny Awesome's playing it, and then I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, okay, and I'm like, when it goes down to the to the what was it? It's like you guys do the cross examination, yeah. and I'm like analyzing every little bit of text, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, press him on that, press him on. <laughs> okay, so actually, I have played one Ace Attorney game completely through, mm -hmm. and that was the Ace Attorney and Pers uh, Persona. No, the Ace, uh, Ace Attorney, Attorney and, and Professor Layton. Uh, yeah, when crossover. They did the crossover. Yeah. yeah, that's the only Ace Attorney game I played. But let me tell you, man, every time I had a chance to press him, like press him, press him, press him, because <laughs> that's what you need to do. Cause like if you if you don't press them, you ain't gonna get like any of that initial dialogue, or you're not gonna get an extra data, dude. Yeah, I love it. Cause like I I hate. Let me tell you the one thing that gives me so much anxiety mm. when you're <laughs> when you've made so many mistakes and you're down to like like two more chances mm -hmm. and you're like I want to make a mistake again, right? Mm -hmm. And so you press them and then you go through like the whole cross examination and you're like. Which which evidence do I use to like counteract like you know this thing? And you're just just thinking so hard. You're like, is it this one? Is it that one? So what I end up doing, because I'm so scared, <laughs> is I'll go through the dialogue like five times, <laughs> and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm down to two chances. The judge is already giving me shady looks right now. <laughs> I my reputation's on the line, man. Mr. Wright, what you think you're doing? <laughs> I imagine if it was like real life, if like the judge is like, dude, you asked him the same question like five times. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what to do, man. <laughs> the judge is probably like, if this man doesn't get his act together, he over here questioning the freaking questioning him five times. We got places to be. I was able to have a dinner reservation. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you, man, me, whenever I play through Ace Attorney, like, I'm playing through the first game, but I'm not done with it. What I'll do, especially in the Professor Layton one, in the Professor Layton one, you were given the chance to save in the middle of the court case. So, like, in the middle of, like, an examination, you can save before you make a choice. That's what I would do, so that I wouldn't lose any reputation. <laughs> I would just save scum. So I would make a mistake, and I'll learn what to actually save. Mm -hmm. I'll turn off the game, turn it back on, start up from where right before I made my mistake, and then save my thing. <laughs> so I went through all the cases again 100%. I know I'm such a terrible cheater, but still, <laughs> I didn't want to make any mistake, guys. All right, I think I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> it's probably, I was like, if I could do that in the original Ace Attorney, I'd freaking do it. Oh yeah, just like, oh man, them trials are... 
Those trials are crazy. Oh man, those trials get crazy. But yeah, I do like the Ace Attorney games because of the lore, not of each case, but of what ha- what's happening outside oh, of the cases. Yeah. Because yeah. the story of Phoenix Wright, Miles Edgeworth, yeah. Oh, poor Edgeworth. I've heard that he has a really rough life, like his dad was killed in front of him and stuff like that. I was like, oof, oof. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like the lore behind it and the fact that one one more thing while we're on Ace Attorney right now mm-hmm. is, have you, you've, have you ever played any of the Capcom versus Marvel games? Mm, yeah, yeah. You know that? Is, he's in there. And I was he's like, right, he's I in remember, there. I remember there was one time, because I, I played it back when we were in high school. And I was like, because I was fighting someone, and they're like, yeah, pick your characters. And I was like, okay, and I picked Phoenix Wright for some strange reason as, as like an assistant. And I'm like, why do I have a lawyer on my side? I'm like, he can't even fight. And then like, I'm sitting here fighting, and I hear objection. And then like, objection. And then it's funny, because like, all I hear is objection. And then like, the character went flying across the screen, and I'm like, okay, I guess he's good. Dude, so like, what's so, so, what's so funny is I was playing Marvel vs. Capcom in front of my parents one time, mm-hmm. and I recognized Phoenix Wright. I haven't played any of his games yet, but I knew who he was. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, they have a lawyer as a fighter. It's so <laughs> funny. And my mom's like, who? And I was like, oh, he's on the Capcom side. And I went it over. And so I was like, I'm going to play him for the lols. <laughs> so I actually made him my main character that I actually fight as. And one of his moves <laughs> is he takes out, you know how like he'll slap the paper yeah. when he's talking? What he did makes me laugh so hard was he uh he would walk across the screen slapping the paper and that would cause damage <laughs> like if the other character just so happened to be in the range of him slapping it's literally just bah, bah, bah. <laughs> and it's just him walking across the thing and you see the character going oh, oh, oh. i'm like just taking the damage i'm like what are you taking damage from accusation <laughs> accusations what there is was, happening? I know there was one game that I had played on my on my DS, and it had Phoenix Wright in there. But there was like a animation of like different anime and different video games like compiled into one. Cool. And like it was weird because like it was like this big overarching villain, but like they put them all at different places so everyone had to work together mm. and so you just see phoenix and maya and they're just like where the heck are we we're supposed to we're gonna be late to court and i was like wait a minute you're phoenix right and then <laughs> maya's like phoenix we gotta go the courtroom is like right in front of us and i'm like okay cool so then i try to get into court i get stopped by two guards and i'm like do you not realize who i am i am phoenix right <laughs> Apparently, I had to fight the guards, and I'm like, what? are you serious? And they wouldn't let me switch to any other person, because I had, like, some people who had swords, and I was like, oh, I can take you out with these swords, and they are like, no, you have to use the person who's suitable for this, and I was like, okay, who's suitable for this? Phoenix right. shows up, and I'm like, are you serious? I have to use a lawyer, and I'm just like, okay. What do I got? And then out of nowhere, my kid running out with a freaking suitcase and just backhands him with a little kid. Oh my god. That is epic, dude. All of the freaking like side games that Phoenix Wright has been made him look epic, bro. <laughs> Maya comes out. Maya. <laughs> and it's funny because Maya's just like, bah, Phoenix, let's get out of here. And I'm like, what are you, a thief? Just committed murder. You killed the man. Oh my god! She's like, we'll talk about this later. Run it up! Like, are you serious? 
just you just killed a man in front of me. I am a lawyer. And then everyone else is like, well, we can't really argue with him. Let's just get out of here. And I'm like, are you serious? Nobody's going to question this. You're like, no, And then you see the judge in the background. And he's just like, shuffling papers. And I'm like, what? Dude. I'm like, judge, did you not see this? And the judge is like, I saw nothing. Get out of here. Get out of here. And I'm like, okay, judge. I got you next time. <laughs> we all these now. <laughs> oh my god. I like how we just went up on <laughs> Ace Attorney tangent. We should do we should do an episode on Ace Attorney. Probably. One day. One day. One day. Another game. Uh, we've mentioned this before that this game obviously kickstarted visual novels in a way. Uh, to the visual, the visual novels that we know today. Uh, the one that this gives me heavy vibes on, or the one the game that reminds me so much of this is Danganronpa. Oh yeah. I haven't finished Danganronpa. I've had Danganronpa 1 for the longest time. I hadn't finished it, but I finished the first trial. And I could see how this also grew from Famicom Detective because it is you collecting data. You are trying to solve a mystery and you basically play as a detective yourself. Yeah. And you're trying to learn the truth and figure out the truth through dialogue. Yeah. That's what Danganronpa is. is making accusations and seeing people's reactions to try to figure out all right well this is what happened yeah so i could see how this came out came to be now you found i don't know if you've ever played this before but this is a game from my childhood mm -hmm. i think it was made by the same people who did like all those learning adventure games like mm. reading Ra reader rabbit and stuff yeah, like that yeah. so have you i you know putt putt right the car, the purple car, mm, yeah, yeah. I haven't played any of those games, but I played I played a game that came out before Putt Putt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's called Spy Fox. Why does it sound so familiar? I think if I was to pull up a picture of him, uh, you would you might know him. But I've played Spy Fox mm -hmm. um, in dry cereal, and it's literally a fox that's supposed to impersonate James Bond mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, you don't have to look this slow in here. Uh, you can hold my phone while it's trying to load. But no, so Spy Fox is literally a point-and-click adventure game for mm. kids, and it's it's just so epic. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this. Great, now you're taking me back, <laughs> dude. That's what I'm telling you. Like Famicom Detective Club remind me so much of Spy Fox, except it's not like the cool suave. He doesn't speak with his British accent, but like, you know, he has all like the gadgets and the James Bond feeling. Almost everything. reminded me of like, what was it? It was like Google Gadget. Inspector Gadget. Yeah, Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Go Gadget, go. Is <laughs> But yes, definitely. It reminds you of like, you know, Inspector Gadget and stuff like that. Of like, of all the items you have to use to try to figure out which combination of stuff you have to use in order for things to progress. This is what this game reminds me so much of. And I'm like, as soon as I started I guess playing it, also, it, I guess, because the game just pops into my head. Yeah. Remember, uh, where's where from San Diego? Oh yeah, where in the world where is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Because like in that game, like I, at first I never knew it was a TV show. Oh yeah, same. But like when, because I grew up with a game, you know, the computer game. Yeah. And with that, you basically have to choose different dialogue options to progress the game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I had to put that in air quotes. In the game. In the game. 
<laughs> but like you know, basically you have to figure out what weapon you need to use in order to progress the story along and ultimately catch Carmen San Diego. I never actually got that far because every time she would be in my grasp, and then she's like, <laughs> "I'm out." <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I love it. It's just it's so glad to see where all these games came from. Because imagine if this, imagine if Famicom Detective Club did not come out. Oh. Then we wouldn't have Professor Layton, an amazing series. Wouldn't have Ace Attorney, oh, another yeah. amazing series. Visual novels probably wouldn't be what it is today. Yeah. And we wouldn't have Spy Fox and Carmen San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> it's just interesting to see where roots take place because, uh, albeit, um, I watched some gameplay of the original game, and I'll tell you, it's clunky. Oh yeah. It's a lot of yeah. menus. You get. Not well, you don't get lost, but you'll get lost in the menus. I got lost in the menus just seeing like B roll footage of it, and I'm like, how are you supposed to navigate this stuff? Especially for it also to only be in Japanese, too. Yeah, like, oh boy, like it's just it just gets so confusing. And just actually, like, the whole game is literally just dialogue between people, mm -hmm. and you're like, that's just it's just you're you're an actual detective, it's just so cool. Yeah, I love it, I love it. I like this game. I'm gonna have to definitely like you know take the time to actually finish it because from what I've heard, I'm each game take the time to start it. <laughs> each game only takes about like eight hours to finish, so it's not a long. Game. Yeah, that's what I've seen like on YouTube. Like somebody posted like the entire like game and it was eight hours worth, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a fairly short game. It's not like some visual novels that I know that'll take like twenty hours to finish. Yeah. Uh, dramatical murder. <laughs> But, um, no, it's just, it's so cool. And yes, it's very simple. There's no multiple, just no multiple endings and stuff like that. If you mess up with a dialogue thing, literally the only thing that will happen is the character will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then you're given another chance to like ask a different question. Mm -hmm. So right. it's, it's very simple. Yeah. Seems simple format. Yes. We should totally like play it after this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. We're just going to go back and just be like, all right, time to play it. Then we'll detective. <laughs> Also, one other thing before we end is the amnesiac trope. The fact that in The Missing Air, our main character has amnesia. Like you wake up and don't even know what, like who you are. But the interesting, I will say the interesting thing is that they at least explain what happened. The fact that you fell off the cliff. Well, 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 kind of. It is assumed, well, you were supposed to be meeting somebody. And then you fall, but then... It well, is, it's weird because from what I've seen, it's that like I get the image of okay, we were supposed to meet someone at the top of this thing, and then all we do, all we know is that we got well, like we didn't get pushed, but we, I think we probably got pushed. Yeah, in order that's for us what I'm thinking too. Is that and, we got pushed? Yeah. Whereas because our protagonist is just like, oh, I fell, but I'm just like, I don't think. If you, I don't think if you just went up there and just meet someone and then you just so just so happened to fall, I don't think that's that's the right. Because like, somebody probably came and went like, I need to get this guy out the way. I need to get this guy out the picture. Because <laughs> it was said that uh, it's, it's a little bit. It's not. This is not really much of a spoiler. But yeah. you're gonna meet one of the other people that you're actually like you took the job for. Mm -hmm. He's a butler, and he said that you were here. You were here two nights ago talking to me and we were talking about the case and my thoughts on the case and you said that you received a message from somebody and you was like this could possibly help me out with the case and you left here in a huge rush mm. 
So that's why I'm like, he got pushed off by this person. Yeah. But who is the guy? Ooh. <laughs> At first I thought maybe it was the dude who saves us. Like, I, mean, I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. The dude seems pretty chill. When yeah. you go to play the game, you're going to see how chill this dude is. Yeah. It kind of to give you like slight creep vibes because he's a dude that lives by himself. But like, I don't know. I want to I wanna know your thoughts on him. Mm-hmm. I want to be like... Actually, see me go through it okay yeah 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 yeah. thank you guys for uh listening to us ramble on about famicom detective club our slight tangents (laughs) our slight tangents when it comes to professor layton ace attorney and all the other weird things that we talked about (laughs) oh yeah naming conventions when it comes to (laughs) naming mcs and video games excuse the mood (laughs) excuse the mood is gonna be forever stuck in my head oh man i like it well I hope you guys have enjoyed. Thank you all for joining us. And we hope that you enjoyed your visit here at the Underground Geek Shack. Shack.